This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Coleman. Joining me right now is Yana Shanaeus and Max Cohen. The three of us are back together. And yes, we get to talk about another foam victory. It's always that much sweeter when the three of us are on and we can talk about a victory. And I look forward to talking to the guys about it in just a few minutes. Just want to always mention, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. The YouTube subscribers have gone up, so we really appreciate that. And if you're Listening on Apple Podcasts, please do give us a review. And also, please give us a rating. It does help other Fulham supporters find us with those algorithms. It does actually help. Okay, guys, we have a lot to talk about in this hour of the show. So, Max, I'll go to you first. I want to give your opening thoughts on this uh, very good Fulham victory, 2-0 victory against Nottingham Forest. You came on with me before we started and asked me, how excited I am. I'm very excited. I have a feeling you're not Mad Max. You're Optimus Max after this victory. 100%. I think I read somewhere we scored our first goal in the Premier League in around a month. So it was a nice feeling <laughs> celebrating a goal again uh, for Fulham. And it was just an excellent performance. From start to finish, with the exception of a 10-minute spell when yeah. Forrest were on top, we were by far the better side. And on a different day, that's 4, 5, 6 nil. I mean, you look at the chances we missed. Mitro's their own goal. Great side by Navas. Um, obviously, Pereira hit the crossbar. William hit the crossbar. We were just pouring on the pressure. Pereira had a shot go just wide in the first half. This was one of the best attacking performances I've seen from this Fulham side in a long time. And I think that's just what Marcus Silva wants. And we sit here week after week and just sing his praises. And we can't say it enough, but he's got every single player firing at the fullest of their potentials. The new signings came in. Obviously, first goal for Solomon was great to see. Everyone just seems to be giving it their all and, and just succeeding. And let's just give a shout out to William as well. That oh, might be goal absolutely. of the season. I've not seen a better play strike with, you know, five Forest players on the line, essentially, in his eyesight. The fact that he picked out the top left, it was great. And very professional, clean sheet. You can't ask for much more from Saturday, 3 p.m. kickoff. 
excellent stuff. Before I share my thoughts, I want to go to Mr. Janaeus. Giannis, please give me your opening thoughts on this victory. It was a good. It was a good win. It was a good win against a, a Forest side that have been playing well recently. Um, they you know, they've had obviously quite a few signings come in. They've been buoyed by that win over Leeds. Um, they're playing better. They look now like a team that may not end up being involved in the bottom three. Um, and um, we got the win. I think we had a little bit of luck yesterday with the, the, the injuries to McCann and Bolly. Um, but overall, I mean, William Strike was superb. Um, and it was nice to see Solomon get on the, on, on the score sheet and uh, keep another clean sheet. So that's the, um, that's the second in a row. Um, so that's good. So overall, a very pleasing day leading up to what's going to be a good game next week against Brighton down at the Amex. Okay, excellent stuff. All right, guys, before we really break down the match, I do have some topics we're going to talk about. But I do want to mention one thing, and this is for Fulham supporters, because I say this every once in a while when I watch some videos and I see some interesting commentary. And i got to tell you, I watched some interesting commentary. I wasn't going to recommend it before the match because I thought it was a little bit obnoxious on Force Fan TV, but I would highly recommend watch the watch along on Force Fan TV, especially when William scores. And this is a family show, but I'll just say when William scored, the gentleman said, Will I am mother effort. And I'll just leave it at that. And <laughs> let's just say this person who does is the host of Force Fan TV said all this crap about Fulham before the match. So it was just wonderful to watch his watch along and the shows afterwards. I'm just going to say I would recommend going to Forest Fan TV to watch the commentary during the match and after the match. It was just, uh, you'll get a kick out of it. So I just want to mention that. Okay, guys, let's go to talk about a couple bonus topics before we break down the match. And I actually had this as my number one takeaway from the match. Max, the death of the Yo-Yo Club label for Fulham, it's done. 34 points after several years now is really the amount you kind of need right now to uh, stay in the league. Fulham are on 35 points. For me, this is the end of the Yo-Yo Club label. Your thoughts? <clears throat> I, I think you're right. You know, I'm a little bit old-fashioned. Maybe I'll wait until we get 40. Okay. I think you're 100% right. We can pretty safely say we're not going to go down, which is a great feeling. I mean, we're just miles away from the relegation fight and miles away from both the other promoted sides, mind you. Bournemouth played well yesterday against Newcastle, but that was our first goal since the World Cup break. Um, obviously, Forrest, we, I've done the double over them now. Both pretty comfortable matches, you'd say. And that's what you compare yourself against, right? The teams who are going up with you we're head and shoulders above them. And you look at the established Premier League clubs in the bottom, Southampton, Everton, you know, Wolves. We're miles above them too. And it's just really refreshing that we can enjoy this season now. I think a lot of fans are right, Russ, on that 34-point mark. We've now exceeded it. Right. We can just, we can dream now. We've been dreaming the whole season, but it's finally settling in that, you know, even if we lose every single match, which won't happen, we'll probably be okay. And well, that's the first time we said that since 2012-13. I mean, 10 years ago. So it, it's a great feeling. And again, if everyone saw Tim Ream's uh, chop, like Ronaldo chop, all the way back in the left-back position, that sums up our season. 
I mean, Tim Ream, 35 years old. I say this every podcast. No one wanted him anywhere near the starting 11. Brennan Johnson's running on him. He's under pressure. Cool as you like. I mean, that's Willian-esque and sends him flying. And that just typifies the performance. Silva, the mark of a good manager, getting everything out of players, getting them yep. to play well above their potential. And we saw it again against Forrest. Excellent stuff. And we're going to be talking about the back four coming up next along with Tim Ream. We're going to be focusing on that before we really break down the match. Giannis, I want to talk to you about what I'm calling the death of the Yo-Yo Club label for Fulham. We've been inundated with this going back and forth. And I think Fulham have now separated themselves from clubs like West Brom, North City. Now, could they go back down next season? Absolutely. But I think this is done and dusted, this label that we have, at least for a while, of being a yo-yo club. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree. We've, we've, um, it's, and it's been a bit of a, a weird year, to be honest. I mean, what, what money would you have given, uh, you know, 22, 23 games in? Chelsea and Liverpool are below us. Six, seven, eight is Brighton, us, and Brentford. Uh, we're only six points behind Newcastle. Right, um, and we've played really, really well, and and um, you know the naysayers were saying, "Can Mitra score in the Premier League? Are we even going to go straight back down?" The pundits were saying, "We're going to be, it'll be us, Bournemouth, and probably Nottingham Forest," and, and it's not worked out that way. Bournemouth yeah. obviously really struggling, but we've got a specific game plan going into every game. You know, as Tim Ream said last week, you know, we we attack from the back and we defend from the front, and. Uh, I thought we played we've, we've played well. And, and if you consider last-minute goal against Man United, last-minute goal against Man City, last-minute goal against Newcastle, you know, which could easily have been points, you know, we've, we've, um, we've done really well. But I love Marco Silva's deportment. He's not satisfied. No. Uh, and, I, and, and, he's, and, you know, that's all, he's going to say, OK, we're Brighton next week. Brighton next week, and then we have Wolves the following Friday who are playing very well right now before the cup game against Leeds. So... He's going to be looking at that saying, OK, well, we keep playing well um, with the squad we've got and Lukic coming in and Cedric coming in. And, you know, Ken is out for a couple of weeks, but we've got Cabana to come back as well. Um, then we're in pretty good shape if we, we, we stay clear of injuries and we can start to dream. But we have to do it game by game. Um, so Yo-Yo Club, no, uh, not for this year. But I think uh, looking forward, I think your future is looking bright, with the, providing we keep the core players we have now. Okay, excellent. All right, I'm going to share a couple of comments from Dean here, and I think that it goes along with what we're talking about. This is what Dean had to share. I think something special going on with Fulham, followed up by this, Giannis, and then I'll go to Max and get his thoughts. Do you think it's fair to say a lot of Fulham fans would be upset if we don't get six now? That shows how good we're doing. I'll give you first crack at this, Giannis, and I'll go to Max. I really hope not. I really hope not, because, because before the season – if you'd ask most Fulham fans, what do you want? Okay, get 35 points, get 40 points, stay up. Nobody but nobody would have said, oh, yeah, we've got a crack at Europe. No chance. So the fact that we've done this well has well been a huge boost, huge gravy. Um, as I said before, it's a, a weird division. You know, we got four points off Chelsea. We should have beaten Liverpool at home. We still have to go up to Anfield. Um, we've got still have three co um, trips to the South Coast, Brighton next week, Southampton and Bournemouth. So we're in really good shape, but I think we've got to play it a game at a time. Things are going to go wrong. Things will go right. And it'll, the chips will fall where they may. Um, right now, I'd be happy. Ninth, tenth, would be, I'd be ecstatic with because it will attract talent coming into the club. Exactly. And give us the, de the depth, which is what we're still missing, is just the depth um, that will really 
really help us move forward. And um, uh, sixth, oh, that's a dream. I mean, I, I, I don't want to look that far ahead. I just want to, I'm worried about Brighton next week. That's going to be a cracking game uh, against a fabulous, a fabulous side. And the Wolves are playing brilliantly. You know, two goal, a goal down to Southampton, down to 10 men, our boy Lamina getting sent off, which was ridiculous in itself. And they come back and score two goals and win. So they're playing, bounce back with the Lepotegui, who's their new manager. So, no, um, we can dream, but let's play it a game at a time. Okay, excellent there. Max, over to you. Do you think the expectations have changed? Well, I think that they have. And that's what happens when you start winning with any team you support. I've done it here. And I've done it here with Fulham because I started dreaming, but I think Giannis is trying to ground us a little bit, one match at a time. What are your thoughts about this? Would you be upset if we didn't end six? I wouldn't be upset. I'd be I'd be fine if we did what Giannis just said ended ninth or tenth. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on. With the half the season gone, I think there's new expectations, and the new expectation I think is top ten. If we drop to the bottom half, I think that's a disappointment. Obviously, anything staying up is a win for us, but right. having seen how well we've done, to have a drop in form that would lead us to be the bottom half, that that would be poor for most. But I think six is a little high. You know, we can dream, but I think the realistic place we'll finish is probably anywhere from 10 to 8. But that's just amazing in of itself that we're saying that. Right, and that's the point of all of this, is that I, I think we are having a special season. And... uh Max, back to you, because again, it's funny when I watch a lot of these matches and I get asked all the time, how are Fulham able to do this with the type of players that they have? And I would say, well, one, I think that they have brought in certain players to play within Silva's system and they're being coached to their maximum ability. I think we can all agree with that. But what I'm also watching is... Fulham play against teams that play as individuals like Chelsea and Fulham play as a team. And I think that's the difference here. I I think I keep going back to this, Max. Fulham play as a unit and not all the teams that we are seeing against them are playing as units. Yeah, I mean, and I have to give a shout out to one person we don't talk about a lot this season, but I think he deserves credit. And it's Tony Khan. It's not a popular thing to say. I've been one of his biggest critics in the past. But our summer business was probably the best window I can remember in recent history. Leno and goal, superb. Hasn't put a foot wrong. Andres Pereira, someone who was written off in English football. He's perhaps one of the biggest parts of our attack in every match. He's always at the heart of everything. Palinha, we've said all we can say about Palinha. You could argue he's our most important player. Willian, another player. Done in England. Had a terrible year at Arsenal. Not even excelling in Brazil. And look how well he's done for us. The list goes on. Solomon, another one. And you could also argue, you know, with the Parker situation, Tony Khan, it's been reported he's been playing a big role in keeping Mitro in that summer after he got relegated before Silva joined. So the reason I think that we have been doing so well is the summer signings, every single one of them, with the exception of maybe a Dan James, that's even a bit harsh, but fine. Everyone has been excellent and raised the game. In addition to our players sticking on, have been superb. But I mean, wow, what a window it's been. In core positions, central, central midfield, attacking midfield, goalkeeper, the wings, we've gotten a massive upgrade. And these are players, Paulinho, Leno, Champions League players, you could argue. William, of course, a former Champions League player. Pereira, you know, playing at the top level of South American football, played for United. We're attracting better players. And as you mentioned, Russ, and as I think people said in the comments, if we stay up, if we finish top 10, 
There's no reason we can't continue to attract players like that and build on it, which we haven't done in, in a decade, right? We haven't had that stability to stay in the top flight. So I'm just really excited to see what's forward because it's just been such a positive year when no one really expected this at all. Okay. Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on this and then we'll move on because you're always big on the recruitment and uh, we can criticize when it's needed and we have, we Max has, mm-hmm. I have, you have. But when they get it right, we should give praise too. So your thoughts on the recruitment, because I think you're seeing it play itself out, not only bringing in players that you had to spend a little bit of money on like Paulina, but when you find William, you bring in Pereira, Burn Leno, besides James, I think they've hit it pretty well. Yeah, and, and Tony Khan does deserve a lot of credit for that. I think he loosened the control strings um, to Marco that he didn't give to Scott. Which is good. I mean, there's the, 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 these. He's really only with this, um, with this year. He's only really made one mistake, um, and that's Mbappé. And I don't know if you read last yes, night. Yes, Mbappé. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, to yeah. Fabrizio Romano reported last night that um, um, Mbappé is on the way to Servette on a loan till the end of the season, um, and it's, it's clearly not worked here. He's not even in the eighteen. Um, he wasn't in the eighteen for the for the Carp games. Um, something's happening behind the scenes. Silver's going, no, I don't fancy this kid. This is not going to work. And and they're sending him back to Switzerland, which is fine. But apart from that, it's been brilliant. And I think I've always said that if you bring better players in, you you elevate the play and you improve the technical and tactical awareness of the players. You've got Harrison Reed. You know, he's he's managed to push him up to the six slash eight role and he's looking superb. Dacred over Reed. People talk about bringing Solomon in. Well, Solomon's not taking William's spot. Can, can he reasonably take Dickard over Reed's spot? Not the way he plays. That that cracking shot that hit the crossbar. Navas oh, fantastic. All over. Yeah, fantastic. You know, where do, where does he come in? you got players <laughs> like James. Um, you know, it looks like Wilson. Um, Wilson actually was instrumental in terms of the, the layoff that led to the second goal. Absolutely. So he's played, he played well. Um, but... Uh, you got players like Shane, look, Shane Duffy doesn't play a lick, and then he plays up at um, Stadium of Light. And he, he was fantastic against yeah, Sunderland, was. by the way. Fantastic, He's outstanding! Yeah. What a great idea to sign him to give us some depth and some some noose, so to speak, to help us out. So the recruitment has worked well. Um, I'm sure we're looking to summer targets. We are light in a couple of areas, um, but overall we've got a, a nice looking squad that's going to get better. It's going to get deeper. And um, Tony Khan deserves a lot of credit for that. And sometimes you just, it's, it's called, you know, gradual release of responsibility. Sometimes you have to let go when you don't know something. And uh, Silver's obviously convinced him, look, these are the players I want. Right. This is what I think I can do. And it's worked. So it's brilliant to watch a seventh. It's great to see a seventh. And Villa are getting hammered at the moment by City, by the way. So I know. it's. Be- I'm watching it as we're doing this. Yeah, three nothing. Good. Good for the buggers. Um, no, no, no sympathy from them. Um, Chambers is playing center back. That's fine. I, well, Chambers, hey, they forget. Remember the year we had him on loan and he was our player of the season. He was, and great. He was excellent. He was, <laughs> so, and I thought we were going to get him. But, um, you know, it's like, what's his name? He's finding out now. Uh, Nico Williams, the, the, the grass isn't always green on the other no, side. No, it's not. No, it's um, not. But it's been good. Tony's, Tony's been great, and, that's, yep. uh, and long may it continue. Okay. And I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I'll chime in as well and say, listen, we need to give Tony credit when the recruitment has been good. It's not just him. It's a team. And I'm glad that Giannis brought up 
this as well because I want to give Tony credit, but I think you also see the influence, and I think they are listening to Marco Silva. I think he's highly involved. So it's not just one person. I think that there are several voices and they're making the decisions, but overall, Tony is the face of it, so we have to give credit to Tony. So when the recruitment hasn't been well, he gets the criticism. When it's gone well, he deserves the praise as well. So I'm glad that we're doing that, and that's what we do here on Cottage Talk. I do want to mention one thing because we're getting some comments about this. I mentioned this on my last show. Harrison Reed is not being talked about enough for my liking. Colm, I did mention him in my five takeaways, so I just want to share that as well. And Tony Martinez seconds that Harrison was also awesome. He was. He absolutely was. Okay. All right, guys. Another bonus topic. And I want to talk about the back four, but I'm, I want to hone in on this a little bit. I know we'll get into more about it when we talk about the uh, man of the match. But, guys, I definitely want to talk about uh, Tim Ream. We talked a little bit about him. So I'm going to ask the question to you, Giannis. I'll go to you. First, is this the best match you've seen Tim Ream play in a foam shirt? It was up there. There was only one time, I think, in the in the um, in the second half, no, first half, where he got caught. It was a breakaway. I think he pushed up a little bit too far. Unfortunately, he had um, Brennan Johnson, who's a speedster in himself, um, where you could see you know, he was five yards behind. There's nowhere Timmy's going to catch him even at his peak, his prime. But he didn't put a foot. He didn't put, put a foot wrong. He's, he's um, He's making us a Diop a better player, um, and I think, and I'm going to, I want to give some credit to Bernd Leno here because a good keeper keeps players on their toes, provides that leadership where there isn't a sense of nerves. Reem is playing, knowing who he's got behind him, and I think that um, a 35 year old. I mean, we talk, people talk about um, Thiago Silva, who's 38 at Chelsea, who's been, I think, tr- just tremendous for them. Right. And usually you talk about players coming to that age where you see the peak experience in terms of goalkeepers, but not as centre-backs. And this year, for some reason, Tim Ream looks like he's got a year on the ball. He never, ever looks ruffled. Um, He rarely, if ever, loses the ball. His his discipline is excellent. Um, He's just... He's just... I I thought... I mean, I, I... I'm struggling to think if he's had a better game, but there have been a number of games where it's been on that level. And against a team that are in form with players that can cause a bit of trouble, I thought he, I thought he was excellent yesterday. And he was, um, but I thought that back four was that back five was we. It's another clean sheet against a team that that are you know they're playing City next week, and they and at the City ground they're going to give City some problems. They're playing well right now. Steve Cooper's done a very good job and. I've got to give him and his coaches a lot of credit. So, uh, but Tim, Tim's just like just playing out of his skin, isn't he? Really, okay. I still say I still say it's the Reese Porter effect. I'm going to stand by that. Excellent, Giannis. Before I go to Max, because I'm going to piggyback these two topics: one about Tim Ream, but also the back four. Giannis, this is the back four now. To me, this is the back four. Yep. And I want just to get your thoughts on this because I mentioned this on my post-match reaction show, the partnerships, not just between Reem and Diop, but Reem and Jedi, and now Tete and Diop, I think that's where we're really seeing the growth. Your thoughts? Absolutely agree. And and, and, and it's funny, I was, uh, that result yesterday is actually bigger than we even think because the win on Wednesday at Sunderland, now knowing, what is it, on the 28th, we play Leeds in the Cup at home, Tuesday night. 
I think has now forced Marco's hand in the sense that when we play Leeds that game, he'll play his strongest lineup. Oh, I, I hope so. Now that he's so, got yes. 35, he's got 35 on the board. He's going, okay, do we have a chance at a cup? It's going to depend on the next round, but in the last 16, Leeds United by that point are going to be, could be in the mire and looking ahead to the next, next, next league game, whereas we won't. So in that game against Leeds, we'll, you should have our strongest lineup. So that game yesterday was significant, and that back five is playing just I mean, funnily enough, I've got to tell you this, I was watching a little documentary last night and I was talking about, you know, Tete. And oh. they did a little interview with our old favourite old mate, John Pansel. <laughs> Ghanaian genius. Remember how good he was at right back? Yeah. But he wasn't as quick as Tete. Um, but again, they're only as good as the wide midfielders that drop. So there's where William and Dekadova really deserve an enormous right. amount of credit. And Pellini as well. Right, and Pauline is a factor. It's all working together, but I wanted to focus on the basically solidity of this back four, Max. Over to you and get your thoughts on what I think we're watching and also on Tim Ream. I, I want to single out Tim Ream because here's a player that is only getting better with age. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm glad that Giannis brought this up. We generally see this with goalkeepers that they can play 37, 38, 39. Thiago Silva's proving that you can do this and it might have a lot to do with the experience that you have and what you can bring to the table besides the fact that your physical abilities aren't what they used to be. You make up for it in your knowledge and what you can bring and read in the game. So your thoughts on the back four and also on Tim Ring. Yeah, I think it's, it's the hair. Everything's grew his hair out has been amazing. I mean, it's just, that's, that's a secret. It's in his hair. The hair. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I think you also have to point to Robinson playing with him, the yes. partnership they developed, the two, you know, U.S. national team players. When you have someone as quick as Robinson, as your left-sided left back, and Tim Ream's a left center back, it gives him the comfort. He doesn't have to press up. He knows he has that insurance policy in behind. And, you know, as you mentioned, the one instance when he was caught out is when he tried to go pace for pace with Johnson, which is never a good idea. But he's just, as you mentioned, the experience, the poise, you can drop back. But he's not just dropping back. There are many times yesterday when he would step up right on the back of the far striker and nick the ball and start a counterattack for us. So his reading of the game is just exceptional. That's the most impressive thing I've seen from him is he knows when to step, he knows when to drop. And the technical ability, you know, I, we always talk about this, the Cardiff away match um, in 2018 when he just gave away the ball messing around in the back. Yeah. We haven't seen that stuff in years from him. And that, I don't know what to explain. Darby County? Yeah, Darby. Oh, God. So, you know, there are a lot of areas which he just cut out. I think the manager is giving him confidence. But you're right, it's the players around him as well. The defensive midfield position, Pauline is the best I think I've ever seen for us recently. And he gives confidence and just composure to everyone in that center of the pitch. So the back four has been great. You know, shout out Tete, shout out Diop. Diop wasn't one who we thought would come in and supplant Tosin right away, but... It's taken him a while, and now he's unquestionably the first choice right-sided center back. And Tete, who was super injury-prone, who, let's remember, last part of the season, he didn't start a single match, essentially, when Nico Williams came in. And now Nico Williams warming the bench at Forest, <laughs> and Tete just one man of the match at Sanford Bridge. So it's really funny how football changes things up. Um, this is a player, Tete, who we've seen how he could have started in a Champions League semifinal with Leon, you know, He's giving us that form, and everyone just seems very confident. That's the biggest thing. 
they're surging with confidence. Whereas our past times in the Premier League, it's been the opposite. It's just been dejected. You know, everyone's afraid to make a mistake. Everyone knows we're going to go down in the match. This is completely different. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, before we break down this match, Giannis, back over to you. I want to get your thoughts on the starting 11 because uh, one position I was thinking about because of how he came off in the last match, I wasn't sure if Harrison Reed was going to start. How were you feeling when you saw the starting 11? A little relieved. Um, a little relieved, to be honest, because we need Harrison in there, especially because Tom Tom Tom's injured. Yep. Um, but that's, I mean, that's the lineup, right? That that's the lineup, and I know there'll be a few who say, "Well, Solomon should be in there." Dacre Dover Reed, no, 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 because Dacre Dover Reed's work rate and what he does really, really cannot be understated. I mean, he does a lot of the muck and the grinding. He's not the biggest lad in the world, but he he covers every blade of grass, and Solomon. Uh, you know, like any other player that comes in, is going to need time to to, to 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 understand his defensive roles within this team. Um, it, it's um, it almost feels a little bit like um, Mark has ad- adopted a little bit of a pep attitude, where really defensively we have to keep it very very tight, but our counter attacking is devastating. And um, we've got the players for it now, and, and with the players we brought in, um, it's great. And 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 Harrison is such a we stole him off Southampton, frankly. What Underrated. Rob- I can't Absolute it robbery. Now. Robbery. Robbery. We loved him when he went in the playoff, um, you know, the playoff drive. We, we fretted that we wouldn't get him back, that Southampton wouldn't sell him. We got him. And he's just, you know, our ginger Iniesta is so un- un- underrated. <laughs> he's brilliant to watch. He's, um, this is a fun team to watch. You, you, um, even though the Forest fans were goading us about, you know, is this a library? Is this a library? Oh, enough with them. I, I don't yeah. even want to... Fo- you know what? I'm not I'm not going to give them two minutes. Or their, minute. their, support was, their support was fantastic, though. I've got no, to say that. Yeah. that I'll give them, but yeah. I am against, like, when you try to take it beyond the norm there. And uh, you know what? They could say what they want. Their side yeah. is not full right now. They're no, they're just not. not. No, they're no, not. They're not. They, <laughs> they forget they were second from bottom uh, last year with Chris... Chris Hewton in charge, yeah. and it wasn't until Steve Cooper came in and took them on that ridiculous run that they were looking at going into League One. They, they had an awful right. start to the season. Lost what seven the first eight, so they should be you know be humble, be gracious that you're in the Premier League. You're doing okay, um, you know the players you brought in are decent. So just live with that and take it one step at a time. Exactly, Max. Your thoughts on the starting eleven, and then we'll break down the match. It's the strongest 11 we have now. Despite Solomon knocking at the door, I think Deckard of Reed and William have done enough to justify their starting places. So it's a great dilemma to have. That's the only position I was looking at, right, is the wing position. But Solomon scored, so who knows? But I think bring him off the bench. You know, if we do it a little bit earlier, 60 minutes in, to have half an hour of a fully fit Solomon just running at the vet, that's terrifying for an opposition. So that was a really main area I was looking at. Um, obviously, Kennedy was out of the 18. So I was a bit disappointing considering how well he's been playing recently, but you know, Marco has his strongest 11 and it's nice. We've settled on one. There's not a lot of chopping and changing. Okay. Excellent. All right. Coming up next, we're going to break down this match and we're going to end with man of the match. If you're watching live, feel free to share who was your man of the match. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, Giannis, I'm going to go to you first. We're going to get your first half analysis. And uh, it was interesting because obviously the game opens up when Fulham score the goal, but I thought Fulham were by far the better side, controlled the play. I don't even think Nottingham Force were really in the match. We're going to talk about the missed opportunities because there were several missed opportunities hitting the woodwork and creating all the opportunities that they did in the first half. Fulham were by far the better side. But I want to focus with you. Let's talk about the goal. And we've seen, seen some wonderful goals at Craven Cottage. This is one of them, my friend. Give me your thoughts on the goal by William. Well, before, before we get to that, I, I got to say that, you know, I'll give, I'll give credit where it's due. I thought we got, we got a big slice of luck the first 10 oh. minutes with McKenna and Bolly going off. Yes. Because Bolly, Bolly has been playing very well for Forest. And if you watch the second half against Forest last week, um, sorry, against uh, Leeds United, Leeds didn't create that much, but Bolly was just marshalling everything. And I've never, Steve Cooper was right. He'd never seen two centre-backs go down at the same time within the first 10 minutes, both because of hamstring pulls. It was bizarre. I, I don't, it, it just weird. And what, But when Bolly went off, I knew he'd win. Because he was the one player that worried me because he could, you know, he 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 breeds confidence, not just for the, the back five, but in terms of the, midf- the, the covering midfield. When he went off, I thought, okay. You know, we should. We had the new, they had the new signing coming on, and they had Worrell. And I thought, uh, okay, we, we should have this covered. The William, the William um, goal was an absolute worldie. Um, but if Steve Cooper looks back at the tape, I think he's going to be a little bit pissed because uh, William, we know he's going to cut in. He t- it's Ren and Lodi that, that's monkeying around back there. He's 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 taken him right, and then he's cutting with his left, but he's committed. And there were quite a lot of those challenges in the first half from Forest. They were just diving in, sliding in, and not holding their feet, not holding firm. But to be fair, William's seen a gap, and he's, 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 it's a fantastic goal. It really is. And you know it's difficult to beat Navas because he's a worldie. Um, but I think if he looks back at the tape, he will have a right go at Lodi for committing t- to allow William to cut back in to give him that one-step gap to crack it the way he did. But it was a wonderful, wonderful goal. And it's just as symptomatic of the way that Williams can play. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Great stuff there, Giannis. Over to you, Max, because I want to get your thoughts on the first half as well. Glad that Giannis brought up the fact that they lost both of their center backs because that obviously is a factor. And I'm glad that he had mentioned that because that changes how things are going to go. But you know what? Still, you got to give full and full credit here for the way they played in the first half. But I want to get your thoughts on potentially the missed opportunities that didn't come back to bite them, but they did create a good amount of opportunities, but it just didn't go their way. I've seen this happen before 
when you don't build on a lead of getting that first goal. What were your thoughts of the first half? The best thing for me was how we reacted after we scored. We kept pushing and pushing wave after wave of attack, whereas in the past, and maybe we sit back, let Forrest into the match, and they get an equalizer. We just kept going like it was nil-nil, and that was the most impressive thing. I mean, what did Forrest do attacking-wise in the first half? I can't remember anything. I mean, they were a total non-entity, and we took the game to them. As Giannis mentioned, you know, maybe that's also the effect of having both their center backs go off early. I've never seen that ever. I don't think it's ever happened. Um, a double switch seven minutes into the match, both in center of defense. But that's why they signed 28,000 players, right? Um, we were excellent, though. I think, as we mentioned, Dekadova Reed with a worldy of a shot off the crossbar. Mitro, great fake, but didn't quite get the finish. That's right. just Navas showing his class. Pereira went through the legs of a player and just flashed it wide. But it was positive, and you could tell that we weren't happy at the 1-0. And that's been a consistent thing from Silva all season. We don't go on the back foot right away. We hunt for the second. We continue pressing. It's not, you know, we'll, we'll content with our lead and we'll sit back if it's an early goal. We'll keep our front foot football. Okay, excellent stuff. All right. Let's now talk about the second half. And uh, Giannis, I'm going to go over to you and get your thoughts on the second half. And I want to give uh, credit to Steve Cooper and Nottingham Forest. They were much improved. John Joe Shelby, I thought, changed the match when he came on. I think he'll agree with me on that. So before we talk about the goal from Solomon, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. I do want to focus. I want to give some credit to Nottingham Forest because they were much better in the second half. And as I just mentioned, you bring on a player with class like that, he can make a difference. It wasn't just him. They brought on a few other players as well. But what did you make of the improvement of Nottingham Forest in the second half? I thought they played very well. It was, it, it, it's, but I think Steve Keeper, Cooper actually made a couple of mistakes. And, and, you know, he brought Shelby on for Mangala. And I wouldn't have taken Mangala off. I'd have taken Gibbs White off because I thought he looked completely anonymous. And then he brought Dennis on for Scarper. And I thought Scarper had had a good game for them. You know, and then Wood, who really sort of had been starved of service, you take him off, but you bring Andre Ayew on. And, and, I, and I sort of, I scratched my head. That was a scratch my head at that. In the meantime, that you know, the subs in the first. I was thinking the other sub. I think it was Felipe that came on for Bolly. It was Felipe and Worrell. I thought overall they they played pretty well. But when Shelby came on, he seemed to change. He, he changed the game. The other thing that I think that that Marco has to now look at is that I thought Mitro had a very good first half. Hold up play was very good. Um, good movement, but the second half. He started to get a little sulky. He started feeling a little sorry for himself, a couple of petulant fouls. And we seen a drop off there. And it was, I know he's, it's a few games since he scored a goal. Navas has made a brilliant save off in first half. But Mitro is a leader on this team. And he's got to understand when things are not going your way, keep going, keep the energy levels up. Because it seemed, I don't think it's a coincidence that Shelby comes on. Mitra starts to lose a little bit of form. All of a sudden, they're starting to put us on the, you know, on the back foot. So there's that to think about. But I thought Forrest, uh, I didn't really think they were ever going to score. Um, but they showed some intent. And Shelby is going to turn out for, to be a very smart signing for them once he gets you know, a match fit game ready. Because he still has the ability at the age of 30 to ping balls all over the place. And um, I thought he was very, very good for them. And uh, for Forest fans, I mean, it, it means you've got a focal point there, um, which it just it's weird. It was a weird game, Russ. Just, you know, 
Chris, I don't even know why Chris Wood is there. I, they don't, Forest don't play that style. And then you, you bring you bring IU on, and, and Dennis to me is so overrated. Um, and then you got players, you know, like um, Gibbs White, who didn't play all yesterday, but Brennan Johnson, who's playing brilliantly, who you can you, you can feed to, and it looked like it just he looked to get discombobulated with his subs and whatever. But then again, I'm not a Forest fan, so who cares? Okay, very good. All right, Max, over to you, and we're going to talk about obviously. Uh, Fulham getting their second goal late in the match, and it's a goal by Manor Solomon. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about this between the two of us because uh, this was a great goal by Manor Solomon set up, and we've talked about this. It was set up, I believe it starts with Diop, then it goes to, I think it ends up with Harry Wilson, then it ends up with Tete to Pereira, and then eventually goes over to Manor Solomon who basically, with his eyes, moves the goalkeeper over, scores the goal. It's a great goal. But there's also something else I want to talk about this with you. We're both Jewish. This means a lot to both of us. And I'm sure it also means a lot to other Jewish supporters of Fulham Football Club, the fact that a Jewish player scored a goal. I am bringing this up. Tell me what it means to you. It meant a lot to me. It really meant a lot to me. It's a great moment. But let's talk about what that meant for you as a Jewish American. I know it meant a lot for me. Yeah, because we've, we've had some Jewish players in the Premier League, you know, Ben Ayun, Tal Ben Haim, but they never played for teams that we've supported. DeAndre Yedlin actually is American. He's raised by Jewish grandparents, but never played for Fulham. And when we signed Solomon, I was super excited, you know. There are not many Jewish athletes out there, certainly not in football. Um, and he's just been excellent. I mean, his attitude the entire season, from going down with the injury to bouncing back, to bouncing back to full fitness and having to be satisfied with just 10, 50 minutes at a time. It's not easy in a new club, a new country. And the touch he had, because he's in a lot of space, but you've seen players of higher quality than him, you know, get nervous, mess that up, hit that first time, rush it, shank it. He had composure, took one touch and then a second touch out of his feet. And then the finish was so calm, giving Kaylor Novice the eyes. And it was a great moment for representation you know, I know you were happy, Russ. I was so happy. You know, for Jewish Fulham fans, for Solomon himself, and for everyone, he's just looked like such a breath of fresh air on that left wing. And even before the goal, you know, he's doing fancy moves well in his own half. It made us nervous, but he's playing one twos, breaking out of the left back position essentially, starting counterattacks. And I'm just delighted he's at Fulham. And Stefan makes a good point in the comments. He only has six months left. You know, we need to lock him up. Hopefully, he doesn't go and, and go to a bigger side come the summer. So happy for him, but let's make sure he's at Fulham for a long time. Okay. Excellent. Giannis, I want to get your thoughts on Manor Solomon as a player. Tell me how you feel about his development. Again, he had the bad injury, but the interesting part of this is what you had already said. How can you take Bobby Decadova read out? So you're going to get limited opportunities at this point. So what are your thoughts about the goal and also about, what Solomon can bring Fulham. What have you seen from him as a player? Well, it was a brilliant finish. You know, you've got to, it's got to be a good goal to get one past Navas. We know that now. Um, Solomon is, is, is a good example of where sometimes there are biases against countries that aren't conventional world beaters where you can have very good players. And if people want proof of that, just look at that big blonde striker that plays for City right now. Right? You know, Norway's not the, you know, the sexiest country ever, but you've got players like, you know, uh, Odegaard and um, 
and, and Holland in there. And, uh, you know, he's got 31 caps for, for Israel already. He's already scored half a dozen times for them. He's only 23 years of age. Um, he's the guy that kept Mudrik out of the lineup at Shakhtar. That's right. This. You know, he's in, his close control is very, very good. Um, he's a touch-step dribbler, which is you don't often see from wingers nowadays, which is great to see. Um, he's confident. He'll cut in and out. I think, um, Max, I was going to say, with the, the contract that's been signed right now, I believe that we have him. I, 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 if somebody can double check, I believe the terms are. I've seen different things yeah, on this. Yeah, I believe it's, it's it's until the end of the season, by which then he's permanently signed, because of the nature of the contract coming out of Ukraine. Um, and let's be honest, he's not going back to Shakhtar, so I think we're going to keep him. And Marco's done a brilliant job. If a player has a serious injury, the worst thing you could possibly do is to bring him back too early. I think this is what where Leeds have made a, a big mistake with Patrick Bamford. Bamford right. came back too early and then he had to leave again. He's not like Callum Wilson, who's a walking sit, sick note. So when you when he comes back too early and they're, they're favouring, then you, you run into trouble. Solomon looks ready, looks hungry, looks fit. He's been effective in the appearances he's made. And he blends in nicely with this, this cosmopolitan team of professionals that want to play for this club from wherever they come in the world. And, um, and it's a really nice blend. And it's, it's exciting for him. I, I, just, I do feel a little bad that he's going to have to be extra patient because, of course, you're not going to take William out and he's just signed a, a year extension. And Dekard Overeed right. is, is you know, Mr., Mr. Reliable. So, um, but injuries are part and parcel of football, and you know that we're only one kick away from being on the uh, the, sh- the shelf. So maybe, maybe against uh, um, William took a knock yesterday. So maybe, maybe, but maybe Solomon will get a start down at the Amex, which would be, would be great. I think he'll do great. Yeah, uh, which should be a good game. Okay. Well, the reason why I brought up Bobby Deckard over Reed is because we. Now seeing that Solomon, they have tried him over on the right, and I'm thinking there's no way he's getting out Williams. So that's kind of where I was going on that. But to your point, Giannis, with the situation with William, he you might see him if William can't be ready to go uh, against uh, Brighton. So you actually could see that. So that that's an interesting point. Well, let's let's put it this way: Can you imagine? Can you imagine for a second the furor if William is injured next next week, and Marco decides to play Dan James? I mean, you might play Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson might get a game, but really, you've got to give it to Solomon. He's next yes. in line, and he's deserved. He deserves to be in the lineup. He just can't break into the lineup. But I think if he comes in, if William is off, I think Solomon will do a more than admirable job, and uh, that left side could look a little scary playing in front of um, Robinson. Absolutely, Giannis. Okay. Guys, before we go to men of the match, Steve Reynolds has a comment that I think we should talk about. I talked about it on my post-match reaction show that I did last night. So, Giannis, I'll give you first crack at this. Why no mention of Mitro? Nearly eight weeks since he scored. Thank God for the rest of the team. What are your thoughts about Mitro's performance in this match? I actually said that there was good and bad in this match. He did have a few opportunities, but his hold-up play, especially in the second half, Giannis, not good. Yeah, first hour I thought he was very good and then he got into a bit of a sulker, Rooney. I think he was thinking about the Navas save. Um, but every great striker goes through d- droughts. Everyone. So, I mean, Holland doesn't score today. 
So people are going to go, it's like 10 years since he scored. As long as it, but what, what Mitro does do, and, and this can't be lost, is uh, he tracks back, he does defend at set pieces, um, he, he causes a bit of poo-housery with players, you know, which is something that we need. And, and I don't think his work rate has fallen off. He looked a little bit, mm, is he 100% yet? Maybe not. But you know what? As, as long as we're winning games and he's contributing to us winning games by putting a shift in, it's fine by me. It's still a team. You can't have Mitro against 11 others. So um, I'm sure Marco and, and, and Luis are doing the, the job of you know, saying, you're doing, you're doing great. The goals are going to come. Okay. Max, your thoughts on mm. Mitro's performance in this match? Yeah, I think first half he's excellent. I mean, the, his chest to play. Oh. I think it was Pereira through. I mean, just amazing touches. He did in a couple of other drop back, switch yep. to play. Excellent getting involved. Yeah. And then as Giannis mentioned, once the sulk kind of starts coming in, it's hard to write that ship. And then there's a situation where I think Tete crossed it from the right, a great cross. Mitro's free in the box and he just missed times his header. So it wasn't the best of matches for him. Second half, he was essentially anonymous. And every time the ball went up to him, he just lost it. Didn't even seem interested. So I think we're seeing more and more he's getting subbed off for Vinicius. And early in the season, Mitro would never leave the pitch. Even if he was kicked, you know, he'd stay on. To the very end, I think Marco's uh, learning that toward the end of the matches, if he's tired, if he's not fully fit, we'll send on Vinicius, he'll do some hard running, and Mitro can take a break. But having the confidence is an issue. And I think if that goal goes in first half, he had the confidence to take the first touch, make mm-hmm. out the defender, and shape up, if that goes in, we're talking about a different story, but yeah. you're right. It happens to strikers, an amazing start to the season. There's no way he could keep that up. He kept it up last season, you know, 40-plus goals, but that's a championship. So this is to be expected in some situations, but I am worried about the attitude. Because if you're not scoring goals, but you're huffing and puffing and giving 100% the whole match, that's another story. But the, as Giannis mentioned earlier, the period when Forrest were ascendant, coincided with the period when Mitro wasn't yeah. really bothered. And we need everyone firing all cylinders to, to win a match in the Premier League. It's not easy. So that did worry me a bit. Okay, fair point. All right, guys, to finish up the show, we're going to talk about man of the match. I'm going to share some man of the match comments, and then we could share ours as well. If you're watching live, feel free to share who was your man of the match. This is from Dave Cronin, man of the match. William Arreen giving two different choices here. Chris Davidson, William, man of the match. Not just the goal, he was amazing. I would tend to agree with you on that, Chris. Let's see what else we've got. We've got a few more comments while I find them. I will actually, I'm going to share this one from our friend Colm here. Man of the match mentions for William Ream and Decadover Reed, but for me, it has to be Reed. I think he means Harrison Reed. Okay, I'll give you first crack at this. Mr. Cohen, who's your man of the match? There's so many good candidates it's so tough um i'm gonna have to say william though okay the quality to put that ball right in the top corner you rarely see a, a shot hit as sweetly as that and as accurate and that just does it for me and you're right the entire match i mean the second half strike might have been even better considering it's so far out uh with his right foot and that clanged off the post so he was excellent um so william for me okay and stefan is agreeing with you man of the match william Giannis, how about you who's your man of the match it, it's William, uh, and, and but very closely followed by Reem, Dacadova, Reed, and, and Reed. Uh, I thought William was just 
you know, 34 years of age and he's doing what he's doing. Um, you know, I, I suppose the the uh, the critics could say we're beginning to look like the Chelsea pensioners. Um, but I mean, he he was just superb, and I've said it a lot this season. You know, this is not the player that played for Arsenal. No. Um, and actually, I'd like to mention Arsenal one more time before the end of the show, because I do have an announcement, sort of. Okay. Sort of. Oh, I can mention it now? Yeah, mention yeah. it now. So I'm going to, yeah, this is something that came down the wire this morning, and this is directed to Arsenal fans. Um, there, was, um, there was a press uh, statement that was linked, that was um, released by Brentford this morning about um, Arsenal fans that um, that uh, lobbied racist taunts at Ivan Tony after the game yesterday. Okay. And, and um, you know, Brett Brentford, obviously, are, were neighbours, but we're, we're magnanimous enough to, to know what, what a good side they are, and they are a good, very good side. Yes. And they're really well coached. And then they got players like Tony. Tony is a lot of fun to watch. Love watching him play. But to levy, uh, you know, whether, whether VAR makes decisions rightly or wrongly, and obviously there was a there was this dispute about the goal that equalised at the Emirates, to go online and start lobbying these these racist taunts on a day when we had the players in the Premier League kneeling That's down, right. you know, is absolutely disgusting. And I think, um, you know, I, 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 I think I've, I hopefully stand with all Fulham fans in support of Ivan, Tony and Brentford for this, for making this statement. It's got to be stamped. It's got to be eradicated. You've got to track these idiots down. You've got to ban them from football grounds for life and block them off social media because it's horrendous in 2023 that we're reading about this. It really upset me because it was, I don't know if you saw the game yesterday, it was a cracking game of football. Brentford played very, very well. And I, yeah, it was mistakes and it's not good enough. But to go on and taunt somebody because of the colour of their skin is, is utterly reprehensible. Totally That's agree, Yanis. Totally agree. I'm glad that you brought this up. And Max, over to you, because I want to get your thoughts on this. I'll just share mine real quick. There's no place for any kind of racism. And it's quite disgusting that he would deal with something like that. And uh, I just wish it would stop. And like you said, the irony is what the Premier League was trying to do yesterday. So for me, it's disgusting. I'm glad that Giannis brought that up. Over to you, Max. Yeah, echo everything you guys said. I didn't actually know about that, about Tony. That's disgusting if Arsenal fans have done that. And it shouldn't matter what club you play for. You know, we, we no. don't like Brentford, but disgusting that anyone should be racially abused and it happens far too often in this age, which is just so sad to see. But it's 2023 and some people are still idiots and, and hateful. And I'm just going to say, Max, you know, let's not forget that Arsenal have a history of anti-Semitic comments against, against Tottenham. Yes. They're, fam- they're famous for it. True. Okay, because of the ownership. And um, this is not an isolated incident. You know, you t- if you call yourself a fan or a supporter, you have to stand for all, all the ideals and philosophies of that club. And the biggest one should always be respect for, for life and respect for, you, you, you know, your fellow humans. And uh, I've been to a couple of Arsenal Tottenham games and Arsenal fans were disgusting in, in that. It, it's well known. Um, for them to start lobbying, you know, doing that. I mean, you've got players like, in Ketia, and you've got you know you got Saka, um, you got Gabriel Jesus, um, who are black players, and you're now turning around and lobbing that at a, an opponent. It's just it's beyond it's beyond belief. Giannis, I'm glad that you brought this up because it's something that we've talked about on this show. 
before. So this is not a new subject. It's sad that we're talking about this. I'll just leave it at that. It's sad that you have to bring this up, that we have to continue to talk about this because there's no place for any of this. I don't care what team you support. Like you mentioned, I'm not a fan of Brentford, but I don't wish that on anyone. Ivan Tony, I certainly don't wish that on anyone. There's no place for this. I'm sick and tired of the fact that we're talking about it because it's disgusting. It's utterly disgusting. Thank you, Giannis, for bringing that up because I think we have to continue to talk about it to try to eradicate it because if we just have a blind eye to it, then it'll just continue and continue. No more. No more. It needs to end. So thank you, Giannis, for bringing that up and and Max for your comments. And I'm just sick of it. I'm really sick and tired of the fact that we have any kind of hate in the world. I'll just say that. I don't care what form it is. Racism, there's no place for it anywhere in this world. It needs to be eradicated off the face of the earth. So that's how I would just want to share my thoughts. I get really worked up when we talk about it. So thank you, Giannis, for bringing that up. Okay. Well, let's transition to end the show and just go to final thoughts just about foam in general, Giannis. I'll give you a first crack at talking about foam. What a, I mean, we're in a fantastic state, and I'm looking at some of the games we've got coming up. You know, we you know it was Brighton next week. We still have to play Brentford in March. I can't wait till we play Arsenal City at home. That should be a lot of fun. We have yes. to go to Anfield. We have to go up to Goodison Park. Um, we still have to play the Palace at home. Some exciting times and really gives Mark a a really good opportunity to bed players like Sasha Lukic in um, to the lineup. Um, I think I told you my thoughts about bringing Cedric in. I'm in a loan with no option. I don't see the point, but um, and more experience and try to put together a map of what next year will look like transfer targets. So we're in a really good spot right now and, and long may it continue. Okay, and what's great about this, Janice, I'm glad that you already talked about that before I go to Max, is we can actually just enjoy. How about just enjoy the ride? We can enjoy the ride. We could pretty much enjoy the ride last season, but we wanted them to get promoted, so that was still that in its way. Do we want Europe? Of course. But in the end, Max, we can just enjoy. We can enjoy the rest of the season. Would you agree with me? Yeah, and we haven't been in this position in years. No. So it's, a, it's a weird situation to be it's in. It's fantastic. Uh, Stefan says, where do you think we'll finish in the league? I'm going to say eighth. I think eighth is fair, which which would be sensational for us. Um, and it's amazing we're even having this conversation. Top half of the table. What an achievement. Okay, excellent, excellent. And I'm just going to share what Stefan just said. Fantastic. Great show, guys. It's been just a, an honor doing it with you it's funny it literally is when the three of us get together it's like riding a bike it really <laughs> we just get on the bike and we're just going for a little under an hour today but basically the show does itself you know just the three of us we just talk and it really is so much fun to do it with uh, you guys and whoever i do the show with i love it but there is a special bond between the three of us and it really is great so thank you max thank you Giannis. And uh, we'll have many more shows together. But it is time to wrap up the show before we do. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other film supporters find us. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For Max Cohen and Yashines, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. Now part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute. 
and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.